Welcome to the Warrior Families Movement, where we learn how to create lives and homes in which you and your family are all passionately engaged in using your gifts and the fight for good. I'm your host, Karen Bates, and I'm excited to journey with you as we learn to let go of the weights of distraction, perfectionism, comparison, and control so we can freely walk with courageous purpose and loving presence on our unique paths. Each episode is designed to shine light on a step you can take toward your inspired dreams and vision for lifting your family and lighting the world. Wow, welcome back. It's been a while. We've had family in town and I've been also pretty preoccupied with getting things ready for Find Your Path Academy, which starts on August 31st. We have about 100 kids signed up, so we have a lot of projects going to get things ready to prepare for their experience. As I've been talking to people I haven't seen in a long time by having family here or people that I'm meeting for the first time through the mothers and youth retreats that we've been putting on, I found that two questions keep coming up a lot lately. The first question people keep asking is, what made you want to start all this or why are you doing all this? And the second question is, how do you find time and energy to do what you're doing? Today I want to answer those two questions as best as I can because I think the answers I have come to understand will help you as you're also trying to juggle a gazillion things and figuring out how you can find peace and balance amidst all the many good things you're trying to do. The first question is very important, and I think it's something we should all ask ourselves when choosing if something is worth our time and energy or not. Right now, many of us are choosing classes, careers, activities, and trying to discern the best use of our time and resources. As we do this, we should always ask ourselves, why, before choosing to take on something new? What is our motive for doing this thing? Is it fear that we will miss out on something if we don't? Is it a desire to impress anyone? Is it a desire to help make the world a better place? I think the reason I have seen so many miracles and opportunities and incredible people as I've started Find Your Path Academy is because the motive behind it was what it was. I still remember driving home with my family after serving at an orphanage in Mexico. I couldn't stop crying as I thought about each of those kids and their unconditional love that they shared with us and the potential that they each had. I think part of the reason that I felt such a closeness to them besides the fact that they were so ready to share their love with us and um, serve us in any way that they could was that my mom had been an orphan in Mexico too. Her mom had died when she was five and her dad was an alcoholic, so he gave the kids away to relatives who couldn't really care for them. She lived down the streets off and on and as a servant in people's houses. So alone and without guardians, she was left unprotected against some really terrible things. I could see her little innocent face and all the little boys and girls at the orphanage and my heart swelled even more in love for them. They were in a better situation than my mom had been because they were being protected, fed, and had a place to sleep. My mom even mentioned that she wished something like that had been available to her as a child. It made me super grateful for the kind director who had grown up there and was now giving back by helping all those kids. But despite his best efforts, he was very busy trying to keep them fed and prepared for life that he wasn't often there. And the caretakers were also good people, but they were also busy making sure that rules were followed and that the kids were safe. There wasn't really any mother figure there to listen to their worries or 
helped them feel individually loved and cared about. They really just had each other for that. So they clung to us since we were simply there to love and care about them. I felt like a mother to all of them that week, and it was honestly so, so hard to leave them alone again. I remembered my mom telling me that what pulled her out of poverty and despair and got her to reach for something better was knowing that she mattered to somebody. That came about when a bishop from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints checked up on her. They had been baptized as members of that church, but her dad had left it because he couldn't give up alcohol. But this made it so that her name was on the church's records, and her bishop made her feel like she mattered. Her willingness to reach for something better has made a huge impact on the world and, of course, to me personally. So I prayed a lot on the drive home about what I could do. Should I sell my house and move to Mexico? Should I start my own orphanage? Should I come build a house nearby their orphanage and serve there? I was sincerely willing to do whatever it took. And as I prayed, I also asked God to light my, my husband's, and my children's hearts so that we could all be all in as a family and do whatever it took. We had an 11-hour drive home, and I had a pen and paper. The first thing I thought I should do was to write them each a letter. And then um, I started writing down all the thoughts that came to my mind about what I could do next. Slowly, I began to perceive that it wasn't enough for our family to go out there and try to help. More families were needed to go and show these kids that they are loved and cared about. And the families here in the U.S. also needed what these kids had to offer. They have so much to teach us about gratitude, love, forgiveness, and hard work. A lot of the anxiety and confusion in our culture could be tempered by being around these kids and remembering what life is about. I don't know how to explain what happened exactly. I've had good intentions and motives before and sought direction about the next step to take, but this time it was deeper. It was a bit more sincere because the love I felt for them went deep in my heart and made it more pure, I think. I believe that that is why so many opportunities have fallen on my lap about how to make this vision happen and why so many good people have offered up their talents and time to help out. I am learning that if we are very careful about our motives, God will make miracles with our tiny offerings. Which leads to the next question I've been getting asked. How do you find the time and energy to do what you're doing? Because just like you, I have a lot of things on my plate. With the help of awesome people, I'm trying to start a school, and I'm trying to start it under a nonprofit organization that we're figuring out how to run. I've also been writing a program that will be implemented at the school and online to help families establish systems in their life to make and reach their inspired vision and goals. I'm also trying to make sure that we take care of the land we've been given stewardship over for this school. And also, of course, to keep up with the housework at home and needing to run eight kids around to work and activities and classes and also make time to homeschool them. Plus, I serve at church and I'm trying to make time for my health or otherwise my chronic disease tends to flare up if I'm not careful. As I'm sure you know, even with amazing people who are helping me in all of these areas, there are a lot of little daily tasks associated with everything. And since I don't like being busy or stressed, I've been working on organizing my life in a way that allows for peace and for presence. It's what I teach in my Warrior Journey program, actually, but I'm not perfect at it. But I am getting better with practice. The basic principle to this idea of having time to do all the things is made evident 
in a TV series my family and I have been watching. It's called The Chosen, and it's a historical fiction about the life of Christ. In one of the latest episodes, Jesus was taken to be questioned by the Romans. His disciples were very worried as they took him away to be questioned, even though he told them that he'd be back. Some of his disciples went after him at a distance to try to save him, and some stayed back and then argued about what they needed to do to help. As viewers, we know who he is and that he will come back if he says he will. And we also know how the story goes. We know it isn't his time to die, so we're not worried about him. But as we watch the worried disciples, we feel sad about the weight that they carry, and we know that we're very often like them. We worry that things aren't going to go according to God's plan because of some mistake we're making or because of our weaknesses. In the show, Andrew was particularly worried. He's sure that he and those around him aren't capable of keeping Jesus safe because of their weaknesses. The weight and the responsibility Andrew places on his own shoulders to make himself good enough and also to fix the people around him is heavy. Watching him from a distance a couple thousand years later, We know that his pride is what makes him feel that way. He thought he had control over so many things that he actually had no control over. It makes us wonder, how often do we do that? Remembering that I can't thwart God's plan, but that I can choose to be a part of his beautiful work gives me peace and reminds me how needless it is to worry and to stress. I know I'll stumble and I'll make mistakes as I work on figuring things out but that's what he expects. He knows I'm just a toddler making my way along, but that the more I practice, the more I grow in understanding and character and perspective. That is his work. My growth, your growth, that is what this whole earth life is about. It's the most important thing to him. So if we're trying to follow him as well as our understanding allows, He will lead us along at whatever level of understanding we're at. Our understanding will increase on that journey and we will be better able to follow him. There really is no need to worry or to stress. He knows exactly what we will do and he's made provisions for our weaknesses and mistakes so we can continue to grow and his work will continue to move forward. There were a few examples of that for me these last few weeks. One of them was when we were struggling to figure out how to get our nonprofit status back up and running again, since the license expired back in February. We needed a letter of good standing and a bunch of tax records from the previous board of directors for the nonprofit. A friend suggested that we hire a lawyer, so I asked someone to talk to a friend for us to see if he had the time. Then the next day, I got a phone call from a mom who was interested in joining our school. She asked how she could help, and she told me that she was a lawyer by trade. She didn't know much about nonprofits, but she was very good at researching and learning, she said. I'd call that a very tender mercy. We've also been looking into building a barn at some point for us to gather in and to do events and dances and things like that. I asked Benjamin Allen, the owner of the land we're using, if we could build one on his property. And he said that we could, and that the last time he ordered some ropes course poles that he also ordered some pole barn poles because he thought it would be neat to make a pole barn someday even though he wasn't sure when or where he would do it. So it looks like we will be able to build a barn a lot sooner than we thought. We're also in need of solar panels for the winter to keep the animals water from freezing and for running a fan at the greenhouses and other things. Uh, The Provo Caps program heard about us from Benjamin Allen and asked if we had any projects there 
business or engineering students could help with. And he seemed pretty excited when I mentioned the solar panels. We were also needing greenhouses. And a friend who signed up for the academy, who's really into gardening and permaculture, told us about a grant that we could receive to help get some greenhouse kits. And she gave me the number of someone we could call to apply to. And when I went and applied, they walked me through the process and said that we would be very likely to get some greenhouses this spring. Another thing that happened is that we needed to get some things built. And I asked my brother if he could come help us build the shed that I got the parts for free on KSL. He came and saw what we were trying to do and offered to help with further building projects as well. We also hosted a huge yard sale last weekend. And while we had a lot of people come and buy things, we also had a ton of things left over. We weren't sure where to take these things. Many of the donation places were closed or were only taking things by appointment and appointments were like two weeks away. And we couldn't very well leave all this stuff on somebody's yard. So we were trying to figure out what to do when one of the neighbors showed up at the end of the yard sale and mentioned that she would be having a yard sale in a week and that she'd be happy to store the things and sell them for us next weekend um, as she did her yard sale and give us some of the profit. I could go on and on with how many ways we've seen the hand of God and just how the right people come along at the right time to help us with the things that we need. Like Andrew and the Chosen, we could have spent a lot of time and energy worrying about how these things would work out and trying to research them out and to solve them ourselves. But it turned out that we didn't have to. God had a plan to make them come to be through the help of others. We just needed to be in a place where we could work with them in the best way we knew how. So the answer to the second question about how to have time to do it all is that we don't, and we don't have to. All we have to do is give our widows might. We do what we can to the best of our ability with the time that we have to give to it, and then remember to trust God that he has provisions for the rest. If it doesn't work out, then it didn't need to work out. But most things do work out, and their work moves forward as we contribute in our own way and work and grow together. That's seriously the beauty of God's work on earth. I hope these little experiences that I'm learning from have given you some insight into managing your time and resources too. God is so good and loves to bless us with opportunities to have joy as we help his children. Satan wants to rob us of that joy by making it feel heavy and burdensome. But if we learn to trust God, we don't have to feel overwhelmed or stress or worry. We do get to sacrifice certain things for better things, and we do need to put forth effort to stay close to God and to hear Him. But He works with whatever we have to give and makes it immeasurably better. That is what I am working to remember, and that I hope you'll remember too. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.